Welcome to Resilient Faith Project, the podcast dedicated to helping Christian leaders like you serve God from a place of wholeness that will allow you to lead well for the long haul. Our goal is to help you cultivate a faith that can withstand all the challenges that life and ministry bring. We invite you to join us as we seek to know God and ourselves better and help other leaders do the same. All right, guys, welcome to the very first episode of Resilient Faith Project, the podcast. I'm Brandy Werner. And I'm Robin Payne. We are so excited that you're joining us today. We are super excited about this new podcast. And today we're going to be talking a little bit more about what Resilient Faith Project is, how it came about, and some of the things that we're going to be doing on this podcast going forward. So, Grab a cup of coffee or tea, or if you're driving in the car, just settle in and we're going to talk for the next few minutes and get to know each other a little better and share a little bit more about Resilient Faith Project. So, Robin, I know you and I connected back actually last year during COVID after several years of not being in contact. And it's been amazing how the Lord has just kind of brought us back together. And we know each other from you working with my husband, Stephen, many years ago. And you've kind of been a viewer of the journey that Stephen and I and our family has been on for the last decade (laughs) or more as we were working to be missionaries overseas, and then as we've come back and have worked in ministry and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, I just wanted to share a little bit about Resilient Faith Project, which is a new ministry that the Lord gave me back last year and kind of even before that. But Resilient Faith Project exists to provide support and encouragement to Christian leaders experiencing burnout or hardship. We provide resources and training to help leaders foster resilient faith through connecting deeply to God's heart, understanding their identity in Christ, and engaging in authentic community. And so we serve a wide variety of people, missionaries and global workers, pastors and church staff, parachurch ministry staff, even lay leaders and ministry spouses and families. And so the way that we got started is I have worked in ministry for about 15 years, kind of in a variety of different settings, worked in churches from house church to mega churches with 10,000 plus members at the time and been kind of in a variety of roles. And then God took us on this journey to Italy where we served as missionaries for a season. And um, in the process of going through that, it was just such a hard journey for a lot of reasons. But in that time, I have gotten the chance to work with a lot of different leaders in all different spheres of Christian ministry. And um, in our own journey, as we went to Italy and we were serving there and honestly, things began to fall apart. And Robin, you remember, cause you were seeing the Facebook posts yes. and the newsletters that we were sending out Yes, and we were having financial issues. And then Stephen had a health crisis that we went through while we were serving. 
But kind of the clincher was our daughter, who was 12 at the time, went through this very deep depression and became suicidal. And so at that point, we knew that something had to change. And so we made this really hard decision to move back to the States. And that kind of started us on this journey. And I remember coming back and feeling so broken and so, and was just hurting so, so much and um, not really feeling like there was a good place to take that brokenness. Right. And so, you know, thankfully the Lord is so gracious and he brought me into a ministry and exposed me to women who were just so authentic and just helped me through this healing process. And God just brought so much restoration. But through that time, I realized that there was just not a lot of resources available for people that had been in ministry serving and had gone through hardship or tragedy or difficult time. And so for several years, I just felt like someone needs to do something about this. Someone needs to provide some kind of resource for Christian leaders who are feeling burned out or they're broken because Mm -hmm. they've experienced something really hard. Because ministry is difficult. Oh my gosh. Even in the best of times. Yes. It absolutely is. And so, you know, and I see so many people, you know, and as part of the journey over the last five years, I've been working with leaders. I have a master's degree in leadership and evangelism from Wheaton College. And so that's my heart is for leaders. And that's kind of the area that God has had me in. But the one thing I've seen in working with leaders literally from all over the globe is that people feel like they cannot be real about what they're experiencing and how they're struggling. And so, because that had been my own story and God had helped me in that and he had taught me some tools and some tips and um, some strategies for how to deal with that, I wanted to see that happen for others. And then I began to feel like the Lord was saying, well, why don't you do it? And I'm like, whoa, no, that's not what I, like, no, that's okay. You can call someone else. Like, I don't want to do that, but someone should do it, you know? (laughs) And I just continued to feel the Lord nudging me towards that. And so that is the short story of how Resilient Faith Project was started. And as I said, we're a new ministry, but we're starting to grow. And this podcast is part of what we're going to be doing. We're going to be sharing stories of people who have been in the trenches, who have struggled, who have questioned, who have doubted, but who have come out on the other side, who God has strengthened. We're going to share tips about how you can build a resilient faith as you're serving. And and so we just wanted to share, I'm going to let Robin read the, um, there's kind of a guiding verse that the Lord gave us for Resilient Faith Project. And so why don't you read that for us, Robin? All right. The verse is Psalm 116, verses seven through nine. Be at rest once more, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Yeah, I love that. I 
I feel like when I read this the first time, it it just, it resonated with me so much. Like, Mm -hmm. because that was my story. I had, you know... (laughs) seen death. I had cried. I I felt like I was stumbling, you know, with no hope of ever being normal again. And of course, God was working and he was bringing people into my life and he was helping me process and helping me get healthier and stronger. And he was bringing restoration. But it, it was hard, you know, and it wasn't just a, a quick fix of you just have to have more faith. It was a wrestling and my faith is stronger than it ever has been before. But it was hard fought and hard right. won. Well, you know, our churches just aren't set up yeah. to do this because... You know, I have been in Bible study where I've shared my struggle with depression Mm. and people have said, well, I thought you had such great faith as though my faith would fix my chemical imbalance. Right. And so they wouldn't ask me to have faith about my pancreas not producing insulin if Mm. that was a problem. Exactly. And so we're not... I think it makes us fearful Mm. when a ministry leader shares burnout or maybe they're angry at God, maybe they're struggling. And then we think, oh my goodness, if you're struggling, I'm in big trouble. Yeah. Because we have put our ministry leaders on pedestals that were never meant to be there. Right. And so in some ways that has wounded them as well. Yeah. And I feel like the church needs to address this because mm-hmm. it's unrealistic, it's unfair to leaders to expect them to always put on the brave face, to always put the ministry first, to always, you know, have the positive attitude when it's just completely unrealistic. And we wouldn't expect that of someone else who is in a non-ministry position mm-hmm. to go through something challenging and difficult and not acknowledge what they're feeling. And in the same way, we need to allow leaders to be real about yes. what they're feeling. Not that we are saying, you know, oh, yes, acknowledge your feelings and that's the end of the story because we know that that is not the end of the story. And we know that God's word speaks to the doubts and the worries and the hardships and those things that we're facing. Mm -hmm. But to not acknowledge them, to not be real about those is a disservice both to the Christian leaders in our churches and in our ministries, but it's also to the people that they're leading because those people need to see what it is to serve God, to love God through the hardship. Not that their family is insta-worthy, picture-perfect, but that they're able to go through the things that is just part of life, right? right? Like we live in this world that is broken. We live in an age where things happen. I mean, if you think about what's going on in the world right now with COVID, you yes. know, I mean, everyone is struggling to some degree because of this. It's impacted everything, our lives, our work, our educational options, Our churches, we've all experienced that. Many churches are not meeting, or if they are meeting, they're, you know, mask and all of these precautions. So 
for us to not be real and transparent and honest about the things that are hard is a disservice, I think, to all of us. And we set ourselves up for failure. Exactly. And that's another reason why the world does not know who Jesus is. Yes. Because we're wearing masks. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> Literally for COVID. And figuratively. And exactly. so we're not showing people that Jesus makes a difference in the hard yeah. times. Yeah. We're saying, my life is fantastic. And people might know, well, that doesn't always seem to be the case. If we're not being real, we're not showing that he, why would somebody follow Jesus if we haven't shown that he makes a difference? Exactly. Because they're struggling yes, in the same way that we're struggling as right. leaders. And so if they're experiencing things, but they don't feel like there's, you know, that they need to live up to this person that they have rightly or wrongly put on some kind of pedestal or held as an example, then it doesn't give them permission in their own lives to question and to doubt. And I think that the measure of our faith is found in the wrestling. Like when we wrestle with the Lord, then it becomes a true firm faith. I honestly believe that of my own story is that I wrestled with the Lord. I asked the hard questions and now my faith is just so strong, stronger than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's because it wasn't because I didn't doubt. It wasn't because right. I didn't question. It's because I went through that valley of the, yes. you know, shadow of death and God was with me and he brought me through it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you think about Jacob. Yeah. He wrestled exactly. with God. He wouldn't give up because it mattered right. to him. And it became, I think when we wrestle, it becomes a part of our DNA. We have participated in the knowledge that we have gained. But also, uh, I like to think, you know, God touched his hip. When we do the real wrestling, Mm. we never walk the same. Exactly. Yeah, there is this lifelong imprint of that time. Yes. And it was hard. It was such a hard season, you know, and there were days that I felt like, I don't know that I can continue walking out this faith. But as I continued to seek the Lord and he continued to show up and he was wooing me and he was um, there, it just became so real. And it became my own faith instead of this faith that I had, you know, been taught as a child. I had grown up in a Christian home. And so I had learned these things about God, but I now know God in a way so intimately and so closely, more so than I ever did before the wrestling. You know, Isaiah 45 has this scripture that I've always, when I first saw it, I thought, I really don't like that. That makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) What the heck does that mean? But it's Isaiah 45, three, I will give you the treasures of darkness, riches stored in secret places so that you may know that I am the Lord the God of Israel who summons you by name. Mm. And I thought, treasures of darkness. That cannot possibly be what my depression is, a treasure. Oh, wow. And um, and it was almost partially infuriating to me yeah. and also scary because I thought, okay, I'm not getting out of this till I learn <laughs> the lesson. But there's some truth there because yeah. you, when God is all you've got, then you discover that God is all you need. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love that. 
my husband, Stephen, talks about refrigerator magnet verses. And those are all the nice ones, right, yes. that we love to quote, like, God will give you the desires of your heart. Yes. Nobody is putting that one about the treasures of darkness, darkness on their fridge. Right. So, but wow, what a beautiful thought about that that depression that you are experiencing. And so many people, I've experienced it myself, experienced that God can be using that yes. to bring him to himself. Oh, and he uses it to call us, to yeah. summon us by name. Oh. I mean, there's a beauty in that. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Well, I wanted us to kind of talk a little bit about what Resilient Faith Project's main focuses are. Because one thing I discovered is um, as the Lord walked me through this road of healing and, and brought me back to a place of wholeness, and not that I have figured it all out because that's not the case, and I'm still learning every day, but I noticed that there were three keys that really helped transform my faith through this process. Um, and so those thing, three things are um, connecting deeply with God. The next one was understanding my identity in Christ. And the third one was engaging in authentic community. And so everything that we do at Resilient Faith Project is based on these three things. And um, we're actually going to be through this first season of the podcast, we're going to be delving into each of those a little bit um, more deeply. But I just wanted to talk briefly about what each one of those is. And so connecting deeply with God, that, of course, is the foundation of us having a resilient faith. And I think one of the problems that I found personally in my own leadership was that I was many times trying to create the space for others to meet and connect with God. And I was neglecting my own meeting with him. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, I feel like so many leaders yes. find themselves in that place. You know, another thing that really impacted my connection with the Lord was I had experienced very difficult hardships on the mission field. And even before that, um, and so there was part of me that was angry at the Lord because mm-hmm. I felt like he should have done something. He should have kept this from happening. He should have shielded me. He should have sh- shielded my family. Did you feel abandoned? Absolutely. There are yes. so many times that I felt abandoned. Like, Lord, where are you? Like, you called me yes. to this thing. And then uh-huh. now you've just left me out here. Right. And of course, we know from God's word that that's not true. Right. Like he is with us always. He's always walking with us. Mm -hmm. But in those moments, it absolutely feels that way. And so one thing I learned to do as I was, as I returned home, as I began to walk this road of healing is to find out how to connect deeply with the Lord, how best I connected deeply with him and to make time to do that. And my rule is spending time working on something that you're preparing for others is not, (laughs) is not time. I'm not saying God can't speak to me in that way because he absolutely does, but I need to be spending time 
outside of preparation for ministry, that God can be with me, that he can speak to me, that I can speak with him, that we can spend an intimate uh, community. Um, So that's the first thing. The second thing is understanding our identities in Christ. And so this one was a huge thing. Um, I, for so long, and I, I feel like a lot of people feel this, is I entangled my identity in what I was accomplishing mm-hmm. for God. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like I am um, the beloved child of God. I, you know, these things, although I believe that, but I didn't live in such a way that necessarily communicated that. Because I felt like if I wasn't serving, if I wasn't accomplishing, if I wasn't producing something of value, then I wasn't really valuable. And so God turned that on its head for me and completely changed how I see that. And so now I have this understanding that my value has nothing to do with me and everything to do with who God is right? and the price that Jesus paid for me. And so it completely changed how I see mm-hmm. myself, how I see God, and how I see my service to Him. And so I, I feel like so many people struggle with that as they're serving in the church or as they're serving on the field, um, feeling like this this need to accomplish for God. And really, we're created for relationship with Him. That is first and foremost. And so understanding that our identity is to be in community with the Lord is like the first step to really being able to embrace our resilient faith. You know, what I discovered um, in what, when I'm doing ministry I believe all of these things for other people. Yes. But I don't believe them for me. Exactly. Because then I wonder sometimes if I'm serving him because I'm trying to pay my debt. Yeah. And so God doesn't want that. He wants us to first believe it for ourselves yeah. because then the overflow mm. ministers in a in a deep and impactful way Absolutely. on the women and the men that we're serving. And so, you know, God at some point with me has said, uh, we're going to stop until you get it. Yeah. Because until you get um, these things, then you're you're quoting scripture. There's no power in them. Right. If you aren't believing them as well. And so that we have to believe that. Yeah. To minister with truth, Um, even though we're ministering in truth, but to ourselves, we have to believe it. And it's not going to change us otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're we're really serving in our own power. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, I've struggled with the same thing. So I completely agree with that. You know, it's like, if we don't believe it for ourselves, but we're teaching it <laughs> to others, like it's almost this hypocritical gospel that we're, it's like, okay, well, that's great for you. And yes. this is what God's word says. Right. But uh, that doesn't apply to me. That's not how this works. It's hard because I often feel a burden for like the women that I'm uh, ministering to. I want them to understand that God remembers, chooses to remember their sin no more. 
But I'm constantly bringing my own sin up to God to remind him, remember, this is what I've done. And yeah. I, but I want those women free of that. Mm-hmm. Why don't I want myself free of that? Oh, that's so good. And so, you know, it's a daily battle of God saying these first and foremost apply to you and then you teach them. Ah, oh, that's so good. Yeah, you can't take people. I I teach that. I, I am a leader in a women's ministry called Beauty for Ashes. And so we do training several times a year. And, you know, one thing that we talk about is that you can't lead someone where you've never been. Right. And so if you're trying to take them or teach them about a concept and you haven't lived into it, you haven't experienced right. it fully they're not going to get the fullness of that truth. Now, it may be truth, you know, because we can read what the word says. So it may be truth. And you know, in theory, that this thing works that you're saying. Yes. But you haven't fully experienced it. They're only going to be able to go so far. It's the law of the lid. Yeah. We only rise to the level of our leaders. That's so good. Love it. Love it. So the last key that we kind of preach here at Resilient Faith Project is engaging an authentic community. And so this, I feel like, is the one that is less um, well-known, maybe, because as leaders, we know we need to be connecting with God, whether we're doing it consistently or well, we know that. And I think to some degree, we know that we should understand our identity, like we need to know who we are in Christ and who God created us to be, what he's called us to. But this aspect of engaging an authentic community is, I feel like, kind of the third thing that is so vital to building a resilient faith that is going to carry you forward in your ministry for the long term and not just for a short season, you know, so that we can serve the Lord in health and wholeness. And so, you know, I think all of us have some kind of Christian community, you know, even us leaders. The problem that I found in my own life is that the community that I had, I didn't feel like I could be real. Right. I wasn't telling anyone that I was struggling. I wasn't sharing that I was angry and upset with God, that I was wrestling with questions about his goodness and his faithfulness. I didn't have anybody that I could share that with. And I'm so thankful that God took me to a ministry like Beauty for Ashes that created a space where I could do that with other women. And they taught me how to lead with vulnerability and how to be open and honest about what I was feeling, but then also to bring God's truth into that because feelings are fickle. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big proponent of we need to listen to our feelings because God speaks through those. Uh, You know, those are the things that we're struggling with. And so if we're feeling something, we need to acknowledge it. But that doesn't mean that that is gospel, that that's That's true, that then we take God's word and we lay it over. Okay, this is what I mean, we see that in the Psalms, right? Oh, yeah. And you know, this is what I'm feeling. But and there's always that but, yep. you know, and then God's truth comes and addresses what we were feeling. Jeremiah says our heart above all things is deceitful. Yeah. And so we have to let look at it through God's truth. Yeah. You know, I see all these things like you'll see memes or like little inspirational Instagram posts or T-shirts or coffee mugs that say, follow your heart. And every time I see one of those, I want to be like, 
No, don't follow your heart. That is the dumbest thing you can do. It is deceitful above all things, and it is going to lead you where you do not need to go. Right. Do not follow your heart. That's right. Follow Jesus. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, so the engaging in authentic community, one thing we're trying to create with Resilient Faith Project is community where leaders can be real, that they can admit that they're struggling, that they can meet and be in community with others who are in similar roles, who maybe don't have the opportunity to be an authentic community where they are because they don't want to have their people, you know, worried that they're going down a wrong path. Not everyone has that. Mm-hmm. And so we want to create a space where leaders feel like they can, that they can come and ask the questions, that they can acknowledge the doubts, but then also get to a point where we feel comfortable being real and vulnerable, even to those people that we're leading, that we have struggled in the past, that we have had doubts, that we, you know, don't always have the answers, and that sometimes we question what God is doing and if He is even still with us, like if even, are you listening, God, those kinds of things, but that we can be real with those that we're serving so that they don't feel like they're horrible Christians because they're doing the same types of things, but no one's talking about it. Well, and, you know, Revelation 12 says that we will overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Exactly. And it is our testimony when we share the struggles we've had that give people hope that God will do that in them, that God can make himself known to them. There's, we have to share them if we want people's faith to continue because people need to know that we've come through things so that they have hope for their own lives. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly right. And so I know you and I had talked back when we were kind of doing some planning for these episodes in this season. And, you know, I had been struggling on how to put these three keys that we came up with that the Lord gave me into something that was like a tangible kind of visual or illustration. And so I love you gave this to me and I believe that it was the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But um, you talked about it being a three prong plug. And I love that because, you know, these are three things that are so vital to us having this powerful um, ability to serve and to do what we were created to do and what God has called us to do. And so like the top two prongs represent our identity and community. And have you ever had like, I know, We've had like cheap lamps or whatever and the prong, you know, and they're like flimsy and they get bent, you know, and you're trying to plug it in and the connection's kind of iffy, you know, that that's exactly. And you're like, is this going to blow out? I don't know. Um, But yeah, those top two prongs, you know, I feel like you can still get a connection. Yes. Like you can still be um, somewhat... What am I trying to say? But you're still in danger. Right. Exactly. Like you're still maybe producing some light as a lamp, but it maybe flickers sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Um, But then if you think of those three prong plugs and it has that ground plug and that is the connection, that deep connection with God, not the, the one where we're just 
you know, getting with the Lord when we need to prepare something, but that intimate connection with him that Mm -hmm. is daily, just being in communication with him, sitting with him, spending time with him. Right. um, That creates that stabilizing force. I like that word. And then, you know, you think about like when a storm comes and there's lightning and all the things, there can be this surge from the storm. And so that, and I'm not an electrician, I'm definitely not an expert in this, but from what I understand, that prong, that third ground prong is the one that, that catches the excess energy that comes from a surge and keeps it from frying the device yes. or the, you know, or burning the lamp bulb out right. um, or whatever. And so I love that visual because I feel like it's just something. And this, of course, if you are tuning in from maybe somewhere other than North America, these I'm talking about the plugs here that we use in North America. And I understand different plugs are different places, but I just feel like it's a very easy way for me to think about making sure that my prongs are all strong, that they're all straight, but that God prong is stabilizing, that it's plugged in, that it's keeping me from burning out, from overloading. Giving you the power you need to do the work ahead. Exactly. And then... You can function in the power and the might that God provides without risk. Because I've done, I have done ministry in burnout and in hardship and in not, and then I have done it also in overflow and the difference is night and day. And so I always want to do now serve from overflow. And if I see myself getting to a point where I'm not able to do that, then something needs to change and I need to take something off my plate or I need to do something different. You know, those, and the language sounds different. Overflow says I get to be in ministry with God. That when you're burnt out, you say, I've got to go do this. Exactly. Because I signed up for it. There's, there's, it's a, it's a whole different feel. Our hearts are in a totally different place in each one. And our people deserve better. Exactly. And we deserve better too. You know, the idea that God needs us to do anything to me. And I will be the first to admit as a young leader, as a young person serving in ministry, I had very almost laughable ideas about my importance in the world (laughs) and how I was going to be this world changer and all these things. And not to disparage that, but God doesn't need me to do anything. He's God. He could do everything that he wants to accomplish. He brought galaxies into existence by his very just spoken word. So he doesn't need me, but he loves us. He wants us to come alongside what he's doing. He wants to be in partnership with us, but he wants to do it in a way where we're healthy and the people that we're serving are healthy. And so it's honoring and not stressful and, and life taking instead of life giving. I love how Judah Smith, a pastor in the um, Northwest says, you know, if all of this will, will allow people to see Jesus. And when we see Jesus, we are never the same. Oh yeah. And I'm thinking it gets us out of the way. Yeah. And it lets Jesus be seen and known. Yeah. So, so good. Yes. So 
man, this, this has been so good. You know, I just want to wrap up with talking quickly a little bit more about the vision for what this podcast is going to be. I hope that you're going to tune in with us. Um, we have a great first season plan. Next episode, Robin and I are going to share a little bit more openly about our own personal stories of how God has built resilient faith. You got kind of a little teaser in that this time, but we're going to dive in a little bit deeper next time and talk about things that we've struggled with personally, how God has built faith in us and resilience. And so I really hope you'll tune in. And then we're going to take each one of those three keys to resilient faith and do an episode on each. So we're going to do one on connecting deeply with God. And we're going to talk about what the challenges of that are and also what God's word says about why we need to do that and what Jesus did himself, his example to us. And then we're going to also give you some creative ways for how you can connect with God. We're going to do another episode on understanding our identity in Christ and talk about that more deeply. And then we're also going to do one on engaging in authentic community. And we're going to have several guest interviews um, that are going to be coming down the pike, so to speak. And we're going to be talking with people who have experienced this, who have gone through these deep things and these hard things and come out on the other side with a faith that is resilient. So we're so excited for you guys to hear their stories and to hear our stories and dive a little bit deeper. Thanks for spending this time with us. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. We certainly did. And we would love for you to go and like and share and rate and review our podcast, um, share it with your friends. So have an amazing day and we will see you next time. Yes. Thank you for joining us on Resilient Faith Project, the podcast. If you found this conversation helpful, we hope you'll subscribe to get updates when new episodes are released. For show notes or more information about Resilient Faith Project, please visit our website at resilientfaithproject.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Resilient Faith Project. May God bless you as you seek to lead well for the long haul.